And once again, welcome to Hope Community Church. This is kind of a big Sunday in our, our existence as a church, I guess you would say. Um, that first Sunday after Labor Day weekend, it feels like the unofficial beginning of our church year. And so that's kind of what this is now. We're starting school and the routines are back into, into swing, full swing here. And people are winding down from their vacation times. And so it's like our first Sunday of the year here, you could say it that way. And so we have a new series that we're starting. If you look at the back in your bulletin, that's some information, a whole one sentence that describes this series that we're doing. This series is called On a Mission. It says, discover your role in the mission of God. That's all the information you got about this. So uh, as we go through this series, it's a three-part series. As we talk about this over the course of the next three weeks, hopefully you'll have a greater sense of what this mission of God is and how you as an individual fit into that mission of God and how we as a church fit into the mission of God, what our role is. Uh, several years ago, I was over a friend's house, and uh, while I was there, I was invited to play a game of chess, and so I accepted that invitation, and uh, I asked my opponent to go first, and so he went first, and then I went, and then he went, and then I, you know how games work, right? You go back and forth like that. And so um, about a minute into the game, I had to make a confession, <laughs> and I confessed to my opponent that I don't know how to play chess. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't know then, and I don't know now. I'm more of a checkers man, right? <clears throat> so my opponent was a little bit perplexed by that because up to that point, I had been making all the right moves. I've been taking the pieces and moving them in the right direction. Did anybody here play chess? You know how it works? Like, so, okay, a good number of you play chess. So I don't even know what the different pieces are called or I, they move in certain directions or something like that. But so my opponent was a little bit perplexed. Like, how was I able to make these moves in the right way with the right pieces? And I explained that all I was doing was just mimicking what I saw him do. And so he took a piece that looked like this and he moved it that way. So I took a piece that looked like that and I moved it that way. And so that went on for a few moves. But here's the thing. There's no way, there's no way that I could have won that game. There's no way. And eventually it would have been obvious that I don't know what I'm doing. Right? It looked like I knew what I was doing for a while, but I actually didn't know. That's the story of my life, I think, right? It kind of looks like he knows what he's doing. Anyway. So there's no way I could have won that game. There's no way I could have won that game. Two reasons, okay? And they're tied together. Two reasons. First reason is this. I don't know the goal of the game. I don't know the objective. I don't know the point. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish in that game. Am I trying to get, is it like checkers? Do you get all the pieces off the board? Are you just trying to go after one piece? Like, I, I really don't know. What is the point of this game? If you don't have the objective, if you don't know what the objective is, there's no way you can win, right? If you don't know what the goal is, you're not going to accomplish it. You're not going to achieve it. So I just, I had no, I, I still don't know. And please don't try and teach me because that's fine. I'm okay with not knowing. But I just don't know what the goal is. I don't know how to win. I don't know what the objective is. So there's no way I'm going to win by accident. That's just not going to happen. And so that's the number one reason that I wasn't, wasn't going to win that game. The other reason is this. I had no strategy. I had no strategy whatsoever. There's no way. How could I have developed a strategy? If you don't have a goal, you can't develop a strategy. If you don't know the objective, you can't develop a strategy. Now, I mentioned I'm more of a checkers man, and so I've taught our girls checkers. Our girls are three and five years old, and Lily, our five-year-old, she gets checkers now. She gets it, and she's pretty good, actually. And so she gets it, so I've taught her the objective. What you want to do is you want to get all of your opponent's pieces. That's the objective of checkers, right? And so I've taught her that, and I've also taught her some strategy things, like look for opportunities to make that double jump. That's a strategy thing. Or never move your back row. That's a strategy thing. You know what I mean? Once you know what the objective is, once you know what the goal is, once you know what the point of the game is, you can develop a strategy. 
You can develop a strategy that will help you accomplish that goal, that will help you win that game. If you've been in this situation, we probably all have, where someone's teaching you a game that you don't know, you've never played it before. And it's usually someone's really excited, they've learned a new game, and they want to play the game, and they want to win at the game, and so they're going to teach you to play the game. And so I, I find it very frustrating when somebody's trying to teach me a new game, if it's a card game or whatnot, because often when people are trying to teach a game, they'll start with some strategy stuff. They'll start by telling you the moves. Well, here's what happens is like I get half the deck of cards and you get half the deck of cards and then you put six down in the row and then you took it down. Like, whoa, 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 I get very frustrated by that. Don't tell me the moves. Don't tell me the strategy. Start with the objective. What is my goal in this game? Am I trying to get rid of all my cards? Am I trying to collect all the cards? Am I after, like, what is the actual objective? Once I know the objective, then tell me the moves. Then explain the strategy to me. Let's close in prayer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was that message about? I don't know. All right, so I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> now, some of us in this room, um, some of us, maybe most of us in this room, would self-identify as Christians or as followers of Jesus Christ. I am one. Many of you would, would identify yourselves that way. And so if I were to throw this question out to everybody, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, whether you're not sure you're a Christian or not, if I were just to throw this question out and say, hey, What's the point of Christianity? What's the point of Christianity? How would you answer? I'm going to ask, don't, sometimes I ask you to yell things out. Not today. Just kind of think about that. What's the point? Because some of you are about to. What's the point of Christianity? What's the objective? What's the goal? Now, for a lot of people who aren't Christians, they, they've kind of, they've asked themselves that question. What's the point? <laughs> I know that some people are Christians, I know they do this kind of churchy thing, and I know they do like religious stuff, and I know they, they swear less or not at all, and they drink less or not at all, but like what's, what's the point of that? Now, if I were to throw that question out there to certain Christians, they might even be offended by that. They might say, what do you mean, what's the point of Christianity? It's not about a point. It's not about a goal. It's about following Jesus and doing what the Bible says, and don't make it into a game. Don't make it into something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand. I, I understand that. I understand that response. But I have that question sincerely, like, think about that. What is the, what's the goal of Christianity? Let me put it a slightly different way. Same question, let me ask it a different way. So, in the New Testament, we read about this thing called church, the church. There's a lot of confusion in our modern day and age about what, what church is and what that was supposed to be, but if you go back to and look at how Jesus talked about church, and if you go back and look at the book of Acts and how the church grew and what it was all about, you'll realize that according to the New Testament, the church is the movement of Jesus Christ. It's a movement. The church is a movement. It's the movement launched by Jesus Christ. It's Christ's movement in this world. The church is a movement created by Jesus. So, Many of us in this room, you know, like I said, we call ourselves Christians. You could also just call yourself a church person. <laughs> You're part of a church. So if I were to ask you, all right, what's the point of church? What's the point of the church? What's the point of this movement? What's the point of church? What's the objective of church? What is the goal of this movement that Jesus launched? What is the goal of the church? Think about how you would answer that question. If you were to sit down, and I'll, let me just talk to the Christians for a minute here. If you were to sit down and write down the answer to that question, how long would it take? Would you write a novel? Would, I'm not a novel. Would you write a book? Would it take that many words to describe, well, here is the goal of the church? Would it take you a paragraph? Would it take you a sentence? Could you do it in a word, maybe? What is the goal of the church? 
Now, I mentioned that this whole thing, this church, this movement that we, we have, you know, like I said, so many of us, we have a loose, loose understanding of what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus was talking about a movement. That's when he said, I will build my church. Those are the words of Jesus. I will build my church. I will launch this movement. And then in the book of Acts, you see how it grew and how it developed. And so many of us Christian people or church people, you know, when we come up against that question, what's the goal of the church? Sometimes we feel like, well, we're the ones who are Christians. We're the ones who make up the church. So I guess we're the ones who decide what the goal is. I get that, but that, that really isn't correct. If the church, if this movement was launched by Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ is the one who has the goal. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the one who has the objective. Jesus Christ is the one who can tell us, hey, what's the point of the, of the church? Jesus can answer that question. And the fact is, it's not like Jesus created this thing called the church, and then he said, oh, I ought to give him a purpose to serve. Uh, here, go do this. It's not like that at all. It started with a goal. It started with an objective. It started with a point. And then the church was launched to fulfill that goal, to accomplish that mission. And so what is, that's the question we want to bring to Scripture is, what is, Jesus, what is the point of this thing? <laughs> you launched this church, what is the goal that you have given us? What's the goal of the church? Last Sunday, for those of you who were here, we talked a bit about um, the importance of trying to see things from God's perspective. Do you remember that, those of you who were here last Sunday, the importance of trying to see the world through God's eyes and get a greater understanding of God's burden and what He's all about? And so, for a minute here, before we answer that question, what's the goal of the church, I want to rephrase that question a bit and, and think less about, less about us and more about God, okay? Because when we say, well, what's the point of the church? It's kind of like, we are the church, what's our point? Let's go back and, and ask a question about God. What is it, and hopefully this will make sense, be good. what is it that God wants? You know, I made this claim that, you know, Jesus started this thing, Jesus launched this thing called the church, and it was all based around a goal, based around something that he wanted us to accomplish. Well, what is this thing that Jesus is after? <laughs> what is this thing that God is after? So let's think about less, less about us. Well, what's our point as the church? What's our goal? What's our mission? Let's go back to God. Well, God, what do you want? What is it that you're after? What is it that you care about? Now, this question, God, what do you want? This is a very important question to me and really to all of us who are part of Hope because you could say that Hope Community Church was birthed out of this question. It's kind of a graphic way to put it. It was birthed out of the question, God, what is it that you want? Specifically, God, what do you want more than anything else? When you take that question to the Bible, the answer jumps off the pages. It's clear. Now, we don't have time to read the whole Bible this morning, so I just took a little tiny uh, Scripture passage that's in your bulletin. I want us to take a look at this Scripture passage and ask the question as we're reading, God, what is it that you want? And this is from 1 Timothy. Brindy read this for us, starting um, chapter 2, verse 1. And this is Paul writing to a guy named Timothy, which is why it's called Timothy. It was a letter. It was the first letter that, that well, it's the first letter that we have that Paul wrote to Timothy. Now, Timothy was like a, um, he was the mentee, and Paul was the mentor, okay? Paul was like a father in the faith to Timothy. Timothy had become a leader in the church. He was becoming a pastor. And so Paul wrote Timothy these letters to give him encouragement, to give him further instruction. Paul knew that he was about to die, and he wanted to give Timothy some, some words to live by. Here's how you conduct your ministry. Here's how you live out your ministry. And so here's what he says to Timothy. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Pray for everybody. For kings, 
And all those in authority, pray for our leaders, pray for the leaders in the church, pray for the leaders in the community. And that's, I mean, just like that's so important to be praying for other people in our community, that we may live in peaceful, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And so that's just the general thing that, you know, Paul is telling Timothy, you got to pray for people because God wants us to live in peace with one another. He wants us to live godly lives. He wants us to live in holiness. He wants these things for us. And then we have verse 3. And so we come back to our question, God, what do you want? Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to show up at a theater on Sunday morning and sing songs to him. Is that what your Bible says? (laughs) Who wants all people to memorize the Bible front to back? Is that it? Who wants all people to give all their money to a place called the church? What does God want? What does God want? Who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth? Who wants all people to be saved? Last Sunday when we were talking about seeing the world from God's perspective, we, we, we made the point that we first have to understand who God is. God is our Heavenly Father. He loves us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And so the things that He does in this world, it's all about our own good. It's all about, you know, He gives us rules for our own sake. He sets up these boundaries for our own benefit. And the thing that God wants is He wants us to be saved. And I know, like, saved is such a Christian-y word. Oh, okay, see. No, but that's a real thing, to be saved to acknowledge the fact that humankind, if we're going to believe what the Bible tells us, that all human beings, we don't deserve to go to heaven. We just don't. But God loves us, and He wants us there anyway. He desires that for us. He wants us to be saved. And God has gone to incredible lengths to give us what we can't earn for ourselves, to give us that gift of heaven. He sent Jesus into this world, and He didn't give Jesus a whole bunch of goals, a whole bunch of missions to accomplish, a whole bunch of objectives. He gave them one. The one thing that Jesus was here to accomplish. Now, I know he did a lot of things, but it was all pointed towards one goal, one thing that he needed to accomplish, and that was dying on the cross for our sins, to pay a debt that we could not pay, to take on the penalty for the sins of humankind. So that's how much God loves us. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be joined with him. After we leave this world, after we die, he wants us to be joined with him in heaven. That's what he wants. And and not just that, he wants us to live in this knowledge of the truth, to come to this knowledge of the truth, to see that God really does love us, to have this understanding about his rules and about his boundaries, that we really should live according. While we're here, that we would live good lives and that we would be safe and that we would do wise things and live wisely. He wants that for us. But bottom line, that what is the thing that God wants more than anything else? He wants to save humankind. That's what God wants more than anything else. Does he want more churches planted around the world? Probably. I don't know. It depends, I guess, you know. Does he want people showing up to worship settings on Sunday mornings? Uh, probably, you know, depends on what's going on in those worship settings, depends on what's happening. Does he want more people to read their Bibles? Absolutely he does. But what does he want more than anything else? I'm throwing out the challenge. Read the Bible with that question in mind. He wants to save us. And so Jesus came into this world to do what only he could do, to pay the penalty for our sins. And then he launches this thing called the church. 
And he gives us a job to do. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. And that first generation of believers, he sent them into the world. Jesus said, the Father did not send me into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So he said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you into this world. Jesus called us to do this thing, making disciples. Jesus called us to do this thing that we call evangelism. That's a word that we struggle with a little bit. But basically, what Jesus called us to do is to go into this world and share this good news, the good news of how much God loves us, the good news of what God has done for us, the good news that Jesus has died for us, the good news that we can go to heaven and be united with Father God for all eternity if we receive Jesus as our Savior, if we put our trust in Him. The church was created with one goal in mind, one reason, one purpose, one mission to accomplish to share the gospel with everyone, everywhere. What's the goal of the church? To share the gospel with everyone, everywhere. What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> I know that's such, a, that's such a churchy way to say. Listen, you can put it a million different ways. You can phrase it differently, but I'm just trying to be here to, to share the gospel with who? Everyone. Everyone Where? everywhere. Yes, to share the gospel with everyone, everywhere. That's the goal of this movement. You and I, you can't die on the cross for somebody else's sins. That's not worth anything. I can't do that, but what we can do is we can take this message. And so we see that's what the first, Christ, first generations of Christians did, is they spoke these words to other people. They explained, hey, listen, listen, listen. I don't know what you thought life was all about, I don't know if, what you had in mind about God and, and who he is and what he cares about, but God loves you, and he's done this thing for us. He sent Jesus to be our Savior. Stop trusting in yourself. Start trusting in him. He will give you eternal life. They shared those words. They spoke those words, and they put it you know, a billion different ways, and they phrased it a, a billion different ways, and they spoke that truth, but they did more than that. They didn't just speak the truth. They, they somehow were able to incarnate this message of the gospel. They lived it out. They showed other people the love of God. They took care of one another. They loved one another. They provided for the poor as they were able. And so they did this work of, I know that's kind of a weird word used, incarnate. Uh, yeah, but that's where they embodied the gospel. They didn't just speak the words. They also lived the words. That's what they did because they understood the goal that Jesus had given them. And so what's the goal of the church? What's the point of all this? What's the point of your faith? What's the point of Christianity? What's the goal of the church? It's to share the gospel with everyone, everywhere. So go out and do it. Well, hang on. That's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> to share it with, like, how, how are you going to do that as an individual? <laughs> how are you going to do that? How are we collectively as a church? How are we going to go everywhere and talk to everyone? Well, see, that's why this big thing called the church has all these little local chapters, you could call it, all these little local branches, okay? A lot of times we Christians, we talk about the church as like the capital C church, the big movement, and then we have all these individual local churches, the lowercase c church, right? So we have all these little churches, all these lowercase c churches. Hope Community Church is a church that's a part of the bigger capital C church. You understand that? All these little branches that make up the one big movement. And so we can have this understanding, and we can, we can all agree on that. Like, can we all agree that this is the goal of the church? It's to share the gospel with everyone everywhere? Okay, yeah, we all agree. Well, how are we going to 
How are we going to do that? What kind of strategy can we develop to reach that goal? That's such a lofty goal. And I feel like that's part of the, the brilliance behind Jesus and what he did here is in establishing these different local churches. Or it's a smaller group of people that come together and try to find their peace in the mission. Their peace of everyone everywhere, right? <laughs> and so here we are, planted in this, here we are in this theater in Ridley Park in southern Delaware County. And so we need to be more specific, more clear about what our specific goal as a church is. How do we connect to the bigger church? How do we connect to the capital C church? What's our role in all this? And that's a question that a lot of churches, well, some, some churches have asked. How do we connect to this? What should our specific goal be as a local church? We have an understanding of the big goal. How do we get more specific with that? How do we get more clear and, and particular about what our church is going to do as a part of the big church. There's a problem that we Christians make is sometimes as we're trying to answer these questions as a local church, sometimes as we try to answer these questions, we, we lose sight of the big goal of the big church. We lose sight of the real goal, the real church, and we start to take on these other things and we make them our goal. It can happen very sincerely. It can happen very easily where churches say, okay, I feel like our goal is to just get people here on Sunday morning. That's the goal we got to have. That's what we got to do. It's like, well, uh, no, because having people show up on Sunday morning, isn't that more of like a move? Isn't that more of like a strategy, a piece of strategy? That's not a goal. That's a piece of strategy. Now, there are other local churches who have set this goal for themselves where it's like, okay, we want to teach people the Bible, and that's so important, and that's so good, and that's so valuable. Listen, I believe in being educated in the Bible. I went into a tremendous amount of debt to be educated in the Bible. I went to school and I did it, student loans. Thank you very much, Philadelphia Biblical University. I believe in being educated in the Bible. But, but isn't that more of a strategy? That's like a move that you make. That's not the goal. The goal is to share the gospel with everyone everywhere. And so as a church... As a church, we have to get, we can't lose sight of the big goal of the big church. We can't lose sight of that, of the capital C church. We need to, to remember that, that Jesus launched this thing for the sake of sharing the gospel with everyone everywhere. So, getting specific to us here at Hope, what's our goal as a church? What's our goal? Well, it's to share the gospel with everyone in our territory, in our territory territory. Let me get even more specific for you. Often when I'm talking about our community as a church, I talk about, hey, we're in southern Delaware County. We're in southern Delaware County. All right. Specifically, go to the map and draw a little circle around it, a little blob around it, right? It's not an even circle. Our territory, we think in terms of two school districts, Interboro and Ridley. Interboro and Ridley. We ought to come up with some word that describes them both, inner Ridley. That's kind of offensive. I mean, I went to Ridley. I live in Interboro now, so I know there's tension there. But, like, that's, that's it. That's our little tiny sp uh, specific piece of territory, our little piece of geography, right? And if you look at the church in the New Testament, they were all planted according to their town, according to their location. And so that's what we're trying to think about. Okay, well, we have a very specific goal here. And it's not just to get people to show up on a Sunday morning. That, that's, that's a strategic move. That's not a goal. It's not to educate people in the Bible. As important as that is, that's strategic. That's not the goal. The goal is to share the gospel with everyone, every man, woman, and child in our territory. That's our goal as a church. 
That's how, I know like we're in a day and age, we don't like to talk about winning things, especially. That's how we win. We win this thing when we have shared the gospel with every single person in our territory, every man, woman, and child. After we've hit that territory, I can die. Okay, that's it. Or if I'm still alive, we can move on. Let's move out from there. Let's move further out. Let's move further out. But that's the goal. We don't accomplish our specific goal as a church until every single person in our territory has been reached. Now, I didn't say, hey, we're going to, quote, unquote, save everybody. We can't do that. That's, that's Jesus' work. He does that. But it's our responsibility to share what Jesus has done, to speak the words and to articulate the message of the gospel, to live out the gospel. We need to give everybody in our territory multiple opportunities to experience the gospel. That's the goal. How do we do it? We have a strategy. We have a strategy. It's, it's basically, it's three parts. It's a three-part strategy, and I'm going to focus on one of the parts today. Let me briefly tell you what the other parts are, okay? Because there's a three-part strategy, how we're going to do this, okay? How we're going to reach everybody in our territory with the gospel. Three-part strategy. One of the pieces involves planting other churches and replanting churches, you know, being able to start new churches within this whole community. I mean, this work of, of sharing the gospel with everybody in these two school districts, it's a lot for one church. So if we can have other churches that we're planning or if we can have other church partners. So it's working with other churches is basically one of the pieces of strategy. There's another piece of the strategy that involves some really cool software programs that we can use and access sensitive data to make sure, have we covered everybody here yet? Okay, we have, that's good. So there's that stuff that comes further down the line. But right now, the first and most important piece of the strategy, and really, if we we only did this, that, that would be fine. We could just do this one thing and nothing else. The first thing that we do is each one of us individually in this room, if you see yourself as a part of this church, this is, this is it. Here's what we do. You have in your life, you have people. You have what we call a circle of influence. This whole thing of reaching the goal of sharing the gospel with everybody in the territory, it begins with you and your people. You and your circle of influence. Listen, there's a, lot, there's a lot of different ways we could develop strategy to reach this goal, okay? We could say, all right, we're going to break up into teams. We're going to canvas the area. We're going to have little handouts. We're going to knock on doors. We're going to meet strangers. We're going to do that. Okay, we could do that. We could do that. Anybody want, anybody want to do that? I mean, you, we could do that. I'm not sure how effective that is. Some people think about that thing and think, well, going the door-to-door, that sounds really difficult, really uncomfortable. Some people think, oh, that's no problem. It's not a matter of whether or not it's difficult. It's a matter of whether or not it's effective. I'm not sure that's the most effective way to do it. I think it's much more effective for each one of us as individuals and as families. You have your circle of influence. Who are the people in your life that you can influence, that you can share the gospel with, that you can serve? It starts there. This whole church started with Holly and I sitting down, writing down all the names of the people in our circle of influence. It starts there. Who are the people in your life? You know, we also read there's this weird verse in the book of Acts that talks about how God appointed, like, the times for everybody and appointed our boundaries. And so there's this concept that, like, God put each one of you on this planet at this specific point in time to accomplish a specific purpose, which is kind of cool and a little bit overwhelming. But what I'm saying is you're here for a reason. You're in the midst of your circle of influence for a reason. And so this is how, how do we fulfill this goal of reaching everybody? Well, you... Write down the names of the people in your circle of influence and start working on them. As you leave here this morning, 
Does that sound difficult? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Some of you are like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's difficult or not. Is this what we're created to do? Then I guess we've got to do it. Is this what Jesus wants us to do? Then I guess we have to do it. Now, I know this thing of, of, you know, what do you do for these people in your circle of influence? You pray for them, you love on them, you serve them. There's going to be opportunities for you to invite them to church, and you pick them up, and you take them, and they can experience this thing, and then you go to lunch with them, and you talk more about it. I mean, there's lots of things you can be doing for these people who are in your circle of influence, but it starts there. On your way out this morning, you're going to receive two cards. We did this once before in the history of our church. It was a couple years ago. Some of you were here then, some of you weren't. You're going to receive these two cards. They're identical. It just says, my circle of influence. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to sit down. Yeah, I'm giving you homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you to sit down and write down. Take one of these cards. Write down all the names of the people in your life, in your circle of influence. And it's up to you. You can be as specific as you want. It's like, well, I'm just going to write my family, or I'm just going to write my friends, or I'm going to write co- I'm going to write every single person I know. And it's up to you. Figure out who is your circle of influence. Write down their names. You have two of these because one you will keep and pray over and remind yourself of. The other one, you can write all the same names down on this. And then two Sundays from now, you're going to come up and you're going to put that list of names right here in this box. Some of you who were around a few years back, do you remember this box? That's what's in this box right now. When we did this a couple years ago, people wrote down the list of of their circles of influence, all the names of the people who were in their lives, and put them right here in this box. Now, nobody's looking at these names, okay? We're not opening them up and saying, oh, we're praying for this. We're not doing it. This is just a visual reminder. Every time you walk into this space, you'll have to look at this box and remember, oh, yeah, I've got a circle of influence. Oh, yeah, there are people in my life that I'm supposed to be praying for and working on and sharing the gospel with. You know, this whole thing is sharing the gospel. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by it, and we could talk more specifically about this thing called evangelism, but really, just pray for these people. Look for opportunities to love on them, to take care of them. And yeah, look for opportunities to invite them to this thing on Sunday morning. Okay, when, it's, when the time is right, you don't want to rush that, but look for opportunities to do that. And so that's what I'm challenging you to do. I know it's, I know it's not easy. I didn't say this strategy was easy. <laughs> I didn't say this was a small goal that we could accomplish, but listen, we're here for a reason. If we don't do this, who will? If we don't share the gospel with our territory, with Southern Delaware County, with these two schools, who will? What's that song? Uh, If not me, then who? Or what is that? Do something. There's that song. Some of you listen to Christian music. It's like somebody's got to do something. Well, we are the somebody. We've got to do this. There's that other song I'm thinking of, um, Build Your Kingdom Here. The band has played that a few times. There's that line of that song. I forget exactly how it goes, but it's something like, we are your church. We are the hope in, in this life or in this world. Well, how does it go? On earth. We are the hope on earth. Well, that's the thing. That's, if we don't do this, who will? You have a circle of influence. Work that circle. And listen, I'm encouraging you to just write a whole bunch of names down here, but as the weeks go on, you have two weeks before you're going to bring the other one back. As the weeks go on, get more specific about who you need to be working on who you need to be serving, who you need to be loving on, who you need to be sharing the gospel with. I'll tell you right now, if you're a Christian and you have a spouse who's not, who's not saved, that's where you start. And that may be where you end. That's it. 
there's your very specific goal. If you're a parent and you've got a child, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure if they know Jesus, but I don't want to talk about it because it's weird. Ho! Forget that. This is your responsibility. Start there. If there's somebody close in your life that you love, is like, this is, this is you. I'm sorry. I, I would do it for you if I could, but I can't. This is the work that God, that Jesus has given us collectively. And if we don't do it, who will? Why does Hope Community Church even exist if we're not going to do this? <laughs> is that what we need here? Is just some other church where we can sing songs, listen to the Bible, and have preaching? <laughs> who cares about that? We are here to reach our territory, every man, woman, and child with the gospel, and we will do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. This is our destiny. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for we thank you for doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. We thank you for sending Jesus into this world to be our Savior. Father God, we thank you for your heart. We thank you that you love us, that you want to have a relationship with us, that you want to be united with us for all of eternity in heaven. We thank you for your heart, God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that, I just thank you for this church. Lord, I believe that you've created this church, this specific local church that you've created, Hope Community Church, to be a part of your mission to help fulfill your goal of reaching everyone everywhere with the gospel. And so, Father God, I know it's overwhelming. I just pray that you would give each one of us here the courage to do this thing, to sit down and prayerfully and thoughtfully write down the names of everybody in our circles of influence. Give us the courage to do this thing. Give us the ability and the heart and the thoughtfulness just to be praying for the people in our circles. Father God, we want to see your will accomplished right here in Southern Delaware County. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.